to another episode of Zeno Chat. I am one of your hosts, Tyler, along with Justin. Hey, everyone. All right, we got two returning guests with us today. First up, we have Anthony. How you doing, everybody? And we've got B. Hello, everyone. All right, today's uh, topic. Uh, we're gonna get back into Xenoblade Two with some with a, a question that some other fans might have uh, on their minds. Um, what are flesh eaters? What are blade eaters? What's the difference? So we're gonna kind of kind of get into that and uh, educate ourselves as long as as well as all of you on uh, what the difference is with as many details as we can from what the game gives us. Cause and the wiki yeah, and the wiki. Thank you. Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. I feel like this is a very important concept to understand because this game's plot very heavily relies on the concept of flesh eaters and blade eaters, mm-hmm. even though it never fully fleshes out. Oh, I uh, saw what you did uh, there. <laughs> uh, the uh the concept um and goes in and fully explains everything uh it gives you enough that it kind of leaves enough to the imagination for you to kind of fill in the details and fill in the gaps but it is a very important concept to understand because so much of this game revolves around it mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like the flesh eaters especially um they leave that very ambiguous Maybe it's because of it's it's an age thing. Like they don't want the rating to go up because if you think about it, Fletch is just kind of fucked up. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, it could also be one of those things where it sounds a lot more messed up because it's ambiguous. Right. Mm-hmm. It could so, it could be worse in our minds than it actually is. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you. They they never go over the steps as to how to make one. So that's kind of the beauty and the horror of it is that it leaves, you know, it, it leaves it up to your imagination and your interpretation. So it could be as simplistic and pleasant of a process or as gruesome and horrific as a, of a process as whatever your headcanon is. And because we have nothing to confirma- confirm or deny anyone's theories, you're all technically correct. <laughs> this is true. Uh, we uh, again, we're not like the uh, end-all, be-all experts on this, so there there might be some uh, speculation on our part, but that's the that's the fun. Does anyone know if uh, blade eaters and flesh eaters have a different name in the Japanese version? I do not. Um, but yeah, going back to what Tyler said, real fast. Heavy disclaimer. There's going to be a lot of theorizing. There's going to be a lot of speculation. Do not take anything that we say as doctrine. Um, we're just throwing ideas at a, at a wall here and talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if they have a different name in Japanese. So maybe um, Flesh Eaters and Blade Eaters are meant to be read in a different way. That's possible. But I, I couldn't tell you at this moment. Maybe some one of you guys listening can let us know. Yes. Who knows? Comments. <laughs> Maybe this is a localization thing. I don't know. But in any case, uh, we could go over what are flesh eaters and blade eaters. Just give like a very basic definition okay. of both. All right. So, yeah, I was just going to say we could start off with flesh eaters. They are basically blades with humanoid cells, right? 
or whatever the human species of those titans are called. Actually, does the place you ever have that? Like, you know how like in Blade One they were called Homs? Was there ever a name for just like the humans? I think they just called them Where humans, which is funny yeah. because not all of them look like humans. Like the Orions don't really seem all that human like. They they seem a little alien. Um and but yeah, throughout the game there it's it's just simply referred to as humanity. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Or, or where Which would make to. like like a, no, real quick. I got to go into this. Put out another disclaimer. Spoilers, by the way, um, for the ending of Xenoblade Two. But given what we know about Allrest and how Allrest is actually what remains of Earth after um, Science Boy. What, what was his name? Uh, uh, Klaus. Uh, Zan- Klaus. What? Klaus. Yeah, that's it. After Doctor Klaus does and goes and like <laughs> said, play, plays God mode and presses his his make a new universe button um we we find out that all rest is actually what remains of earth and that the world beneath the clouds is basically new york city um so it it uh it's like it's important to 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 note that like the reason why they're called humanity is probably because that's what it is like that's it, it it's the humanity of earth or after earth don't watch that movie um okay but yeah yeah well what said. were you gonna say b oh no well said love it yeah yeah thank you but yeah um back to definition of flesh eaters basically uh they got blades that are infused with humanoid cells right and they can grant flesh eaters stronger powers and they obviously don't need a driver to stay alive. And in some cases, flesh eaters are also known to have way prolonged lifespans. I don't believe it's immortality, but I, I think yeah, it's like, yeah, it, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not full on immortality, but it's a long time yeah. to the point where it may as well be considered immortality to a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Like, uh, Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, you can say it. You can, you can talk about Blade Eaters. Okay, uh, they're basically just, I mean, they're the inverse of that. They're basically um, humans that have been embedded with, like, uh, a core crystal from a blade. Um, so it's basically a similar concept, mm-hmm. but just different origins. Yeah, and one of those is very much a massive social faux pas. Um, people don't really look too kindly to flesh eaters. You'll notice in the game when the term flesh eater is brought up, people tend to freak out a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's often due to flesh eaters kind of having a bad rep due to them being a product of judicium experiments. Like we mentioned, uh, Cole. Cole is a flesh eater and he's kind of the product of their experiments. And you can see Cole, when you meet him, he looks like he's been through some shit. <laughs> yes. He yes. Has been. Well, he was a Malthus's blade. I mean, you would look that way too if you were a Malthus. <laughs> yes, but he looked, he probably looked significantly better before he became a flesh eater. But, but Malos looks so good though. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, it's all those, it's all Malos those. Malthus and Aegis, he doesn't count. <laughs> it's all the experiments, man. <laughs> however, however, though, um, we could talk about Nia. Nia still looks pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. And right. Nia is in Nia fact also a- Nia also dis- I, like she does look good in her true form, but I also want to know that she does disguise herself as yes. a gourmati yes. most of the time, um, mostly to hide from society that she is a blade eater. Right, well, but well, you're never see tech. Well, go on. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Or well, wait. No, I might be wrong about that. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, we don't see the same kind of marks on Nia that you would have seen on, say, Cole. Yeah, we don't. So, but what's interesting about it is, it's implied that Nia, you know, was a flesh eater through possibly a different process than how Cole was a flesh eater. Yeah, because remember, he was a, a failed experiment. That's exactly. Why. A failed experiment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's why he aged. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He's old so Cole, Cole aged because it made him a flesh eater, but it didn't work as it should. So I guess that would, is what makes him technically a failure. Whereas with Nia, whatever process she went through to become a flesh eater was, you know, it was flawless execution. So that's why it seems to have worked with her. And Jin. Well, yeah. Jin too. Though... Because what is it? Nia's father made her do it, I believe. Yes. And was her father in Judicium? Well, when we say father, it, do you mean her driver? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think he was technically a lord in Gormont. He was a lord, yes. He yeah, was a, he was a really wealthy guy. His daughter was dying or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, like he, he went, was kind of like the sister of the one. Yes. Who, yeah. Yes. And then once the daughter died, he had her or had Nia eat her basically and started calling her his new daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And another thing to mention is that like flesh eaters, one big difference between flesh eaters and blade eaters is that flesh eaters are pretty independent from the driver. I mean, they ate them, so they don't really need to be. Whereas blade eaters are still very much dependent on their driver. Um, if a bl- if a blade dies, or rather, if the driver dies, a blade eater will still die. I mean, yeah. we saw with like Nia, Jomark died once the Lord died, and Nia yeah. lived. Yeah. <clears throat> that being said, um, actually, no, no, yeah, that being said, however, there seems to be some weird stuff because, like, isn't a Malthus technically a blade eater, right? Yes. Yeah, that's actually one of the big plot twists is that he was a blade eater and he he, he had consumed half of Hayes's core crystal. Um Right. Which was pretty fucking significant because like uh that gave him Hayes's power to nullify the abilities of other uh of other blades, which we don't usually see in too many um blade eaters. Is that they get that power? Mm-hmm. So um, that's yeah, and it, it is interesting that like when Hayes dies, Amalthus is still alive. Correct, because uh, because the the driver's life doesn't necessarily become dependent on the blades. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, I think I said this a bit wrong. So, blade eaters, um, the the driver and the blades, they can still coexist with with each other. That's kind of what I mean by like they're still kind of dependent. They're still there, mm-hmm. but 
I guess obviously if like the blade dies and the driver could still be alive, but I guess if the driver died, then the blades would die too. I'm assuming that's how that works. At least that, that's my understanding of it. Yeah, I'm not certain if it's because that would kind of fall. Yeah. Kind of because this because this goes into um uh, the reason I want to mention this is because I'm going to bring this up again later for another one of our talking points. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I guess like we could, th- and I guess you could think of like flesh eaters as them fusing together, since like you know you're, you always end up with one entity whereas blade eaters, both the driver and the blade, can still coexist. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's. I guess it's well. No, because in a normal blade driver relationship, if the yeah, if the driver dies, then the blade would go back into its core crystal. But in this case, right. the blade died, and yeah, pr- yeah, it's kind of hard. Driver. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of hard because we only have one example of it. So what do you guys think of this? I just want to, I, I thought of something neat to, to talk about real quick. Um, a blade's life cycle, according to uh, Gramps, I forget, I forget his, his real name. Um, Azurda. Azurda, that's it. So Azurda tells us <clears throat> that a blade eventually becomes a Titan. And... So in a way, you could argue blades are titans, just baby titans, um, or a pre-evolution of a titan, whatever you, however you wanna, want to want to think of it. Um, so what do you think of the fact that, like, what if a human, like, consumed the flesh of a titan? Or became like a Titan eater or something like that. Like, do you think that sort of thing is possible? And do you, and like, I, I, vice versa? I mean, I would imagine a Titan's eaten a eaten a, a person before. So, like, I don't think there's going to be like a like a flesh eater once you're once you're a Titan in Titan form. But Get like, some really bad indigestion. Like yeah, say, that happened uh, with Uriah, didn't it? <laughs> It does, yeah. it, it does, but we don't see any anyone like die from that incident. It's more digested. Bad. Yeah. Oh, boy, <laughs> yeah. So I guess like my take on it that's probably wrong is I'm gonna say nothing is gonna happen if a human eats a titan or eats part of it. First of all, they're not gonna eat a whole titan. That's just not happening. <laughs> they might be able to eat a part of a titan, but I'm willing to bet that um it would probably just be the equivalent of you going outside, getting a scoop of dirt and putting it in your mouth. <laughs> it seems like it, it seems like most of the powers are relegated to the core crystals themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what you would have to consume. So I guess if you consume a core crystal, you're technically consuming a Titan since the crystals come from the Titans, but yeah. <laughs> so then on that subject, do you think that a, that once a blade becomes a flesh eater, do you think that its life cycle of becoming a Titan is interrupted and it can no longer become a Titan? Or do you think it still at one point would become a Titan? That's a very good question. And I do not think the game addressed that one at all. But um, no, it, it doesn't. It's just that that's what I'm saying. It's fun to yeah. speculate. Um, uh, I'm willing to bet that I'm going to say no. And the reason yeah. I'm going to say no is because I feel like when blades consume humans, it's interrupting 
their the normal blade evolution process. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? I feel I feel the same way. They're being corrupted by humanity. Right. And then they're it they're inheriting human traits. So because as we had said earlier, like flesh eaters are not immortal. They have greatly expanded lifespans, but they're not immortal. So and it's like age. Oh, you're right. You know what? The game does in a way kind of tell us because Minoth aged. And yes. Minoth, Minoth looks like he's going to pass away from old age, which means that he can't become a Titan. Ooh. And again, but that said, we yeah, don't know. We also don't know what's going to happen to Minoth if he dies. That's you know? also true. <laughs> yeah, well, they never well, actually. Watch them address us in Xenoblade 3. We have a Titan named Minoth. <laughs> just, just to mess with us. Just completely mess with us. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Uh man. I would love to I would love to be wrong. I would love I, I would love to see this 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 whole idea fleshed out more because it's so it's so fascinating. Um so you know how like people uh, how how flesh eaters like try to hide the fact that they're flesh eaters? Um, I think there's also, you know, in addition to the fact that like there's a, you know, they have a bad rap and everything. There also seems to be like a societal taboo associated with it as well. Because yeah. I think I think that's because when a blade turns into a flesh eater, I think it's a safe assumption that the blade has to consume the life of the of the of the human because any time we've ever seen a flesh eater made, it's resulted in the death of a human. The only the only mystery there is is really Minoth, where we don't know how or what the process was. But in Nia's case, it resulted in death. And in um, Jin, uh, B, who's the other one that I'm thinking Jin. of? Jin. 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 Yes. Jin. Uh, when he consumed Laura, Laura also died. Now. Mind you, both of those people were on their deathbeds to begin with, but I feel like it was more to give their deaths more purpose since it seems that death is part of it to begin with. Again, entirely conjecture on my part, but I feel like one of the reasons why flesh eaters are kind of ashamed to you know, be flesh eaters or they hide that from society is because it means that at one point they killed a human and... Uh, or a human that they were close to and blades aren't supposed to do that. Well, not just that, but also like they were straight up hunted. You, yes. Like the, the folks from Indoline straight up used to hunt them. Yep. That was okay. the reason why Nia was running away from them. Interesting. Okay. So then that would explain. So Indol kind of rules the world, right? Yes. And so you could even argue that there's like a religious taboo associated with becoming a blade eater which is yeah because they they look down on it because i want to i believe it was implied that they fear that the flesh eaters were going to attack the humans at some point i just need to correct myself real fast i said blade eater i meant to say flesh eater (laughs) yeah i believe it was implied that the flesh eaters were were um they they were destined to attack humans and i believe that was part of the reason why they were hunting them down it could also be because of the experiments as well, since a lot of those were done kind of underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's 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 really interesting um, because Indol 
is responsible directly for a lot of modern day flesh eaters mm -hmm. yeah. because of their experimentation. And then they go and they hunt them down to try and cover it all up. And I think that's, I think that's the, that really just kind of drives home Amalthus's and the, in the whole Indoline Praetorium's hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're the people who, who basically pioneered blade eater. Tech. So yes. yes, they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which those, uh, I mean, basically the, the blade eaters did not have as much of a native connotation because as, I mean, as we can see with Amalthus and uh, Hayes, Hayes didn't have to die to give him part of the yeah. crystal. And also, like, I guess you could see that the Blade Eaters was was basically them succeeding at creating... Because at the end of the day, both Flesh Eaters and Blade Eaters, they're intended as military weapons. Like, it's for war, right? That's why they're doing this. But I think with the failed experiments of the Flesh Eaters, that's yet another reason why they're just kind of shunned and looked down upon, whereas the Blade Eaters are kind of like, oh, here we go, we actually did it right this time. Either mm -hmm. way, this is a very heavy topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really um, is, especially when you consider the emotional turmoil that the Blades go through during the process to to become Flesh Eaters. Uh, and in... It's weird because like in in Nia's case, she it very much feels like she did not want to become a flesh eater, that she no. was made to by her her driver or her driver's father. Um Jin, you could argue wanted to and also did not want to because Laura didn't want to be be forgotten. Mm -hmm. So Jin did that, but also I think Jin didn't want to forget. No, and no, he didn't, no, and he, did he even kept the. I was gonna say he even kept the body as a permanent reminder. Actually, funny enough, it's funny you should talk about like forgetting, right? So he eats Laura's heart, right? Right. Because he does, he wants to preserve Laura's memories, and he doesn't want to forget about her, right? So in Torna, Laura has a win quote where she mentions. That her memories are in her heart. That's right. Oh, that's messed up. That's, that's oh, Takahashi, you sick bastard! I love you. <laughs> that's why when I wrote down in the notes, I said, you know, is it the blades eating the hearts? That's where I'm getting it from. Yeah. <laughs> so, so gross. So I did uh, see a um, maybe. A, this is a theory on Reddit where the the scar on Jin's chest is that he might have actually like like transplanted it. Transplanted, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, no. but, See, that's another interesting part about this is like the the blade eaters is that we've seen a couple of people who have like visible marks, like like him and also Zeke as well. Oh yeah, Zeke's yes. got a, a hell of a mark. Which yes, he is a blade eater. Uh, when Pandoria saved his life, yes. were they being attacked by like bandits or something, or Some, something like that? And then they were brought to Indol and had an operation to save his life. Yeah, the, Amalthus just so happened upon uh, uh, upon Zeke as Zeke and lay dying. He was dying. having a good day too. <laughs> I, I just picture um, Doctor Nick from The Simpsons performing that procedure. Hi <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. everybody. Hi, Hi, Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. 
Oh my god. I can't unsee that now. <laughs> wandering uh, upon. I think Zeke that is going to be our picture for this podcast episode. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> Either do that or have a picture of um, Troy McClure in front of a in front of a blackboard and just say <laughs> Blade Eaters versus Flesh Eaters. <laughs> That's a good one too. Oh, this episode not brought to you by The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. But um, yeah. So the uh, the relationship between um, uh, I know we touched on it a little earlier. The relationship between blade eaters and their and their their blades is interesting because. I don't what I what I'm not 100% sure. Actually no, we know for a fact that a blade eater doesn't result in the death of their blade. Correct. It just results in a part of their crystal yeah. being taken. Uh-huh. So, I think this kind of would lead us to this ne- to, to 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 the 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 raging debate. Would you say Rex is a blade eater? No. So Justin says no. Now tell me why you say no. So one, the simple thing is nobody ever consider calls him one. That's one. Two, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, sick argument, bro. Uh, two, <laughs> two p- he shares pain with Pyra. What happens to Pyra happens to him. Okay. And they both, and they're both shown to have the same wounds. And that is shown in multiple cutscenes. None of the other blade eaters have that. Also, um, the way his core crystal, like the, the core crystal is split in a, like a really weird way in a way that's kind of unique to Rex. And also, if I'm not mistaken, I think like Pyra's energy isn't even technically stored in that crystal. Isn't it like a backup or something like that? Something like that. So it seems like the Aegises have a completely different process, despite being similar. Um, but yeah, ultimately, they exhibit very different traits and side effects from the traditional Blade Eaters. Okay. B, what are your thoughts on it? Um, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, my gut would say he's following the long lines of Zeke. So yes, he is technically a Blade Eater because his life is being saved by a Blade. Okay. That's, that's the only reason. Jen, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, this is a toughie. Um, I think maybe... Maybe not exactly a Blade Eater because the Aegis's power is different from normal mm-hmm. Blades. Um, so I'm going to be a coward and say somewhere in between. Okay. I am on team. I'm with B on this one. I I would argue that Rex is a blade eater, but I would also argue that because he's a blade eater of the Aegis, it affects him differently, such as giving him that shared pain that you don't get with most, um, you don't get with most other blades. Uh, I would say, I would argue that he's definitely a blade eater because he's got a core crystal in his chest. I mean, he's got, you know, if there's a checklist for what makes you a blade eater, Rex checks off 
all the le- everything on that list. The shared pain thing, I think, is a side effect of him being linked with the Aegis and how that and how Pyra and you know Pyra, Mithra, and Malos, they're not like most other blades. They they're they're there are a lot of exceptions to the rule. But then if they're not like other blades and why are we calling them a blade eater? Because they are blades. They're still blades. They're still technically. Yeah, but we're still like, what I'm saying is you're saying they're not. So you're saying they're blades, except that they don't have very specific things that blades do have. Like, you know what I mean? Would you be happy if we called it an Aegis eater? (laughs) I mean, ultimately that's what it is, I guess. But like um, another, another thing is if I'm not mistaken, I believe the crystals are meant to change when you f- when you um, have a blade eater. The crystals change to be uniform, so they look a lot closer to it. That's not the case with Rex and Pyra at all. And I think Mithra made a comment to Fan about how the shape is not like a normal resonance. So, like from their perspective, depending on whether or not they know what blade eaters are, so like they they differentiate it. Like they have a, I, I got to remember what that scene is. I remember there was a scene where they, they made a remark about how Her the way fan is being resonated with is yeah, a and it's 50%. Yeah. Yeah. The scene you're, you're referring to is actually at fans funeral when she's dying. Uh, Mithra, I believe is talking to Bridget and is saying, did you notice that, that thing about her crystal and mentions to her how it looks like half of it was ripped out. Hmm. Something along those lines, anyway. And I, I think it's kind of tricky to 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 mention like um, using haze an example because Malthus probably just like here's a saw I'm going to cut it in half and shove half in myself like we we did things <laughs> he ungabunga he ungabunga the procedure <laughs> pretty much like if we look at Zeke his core crystal's not split fifty fifty no it's not um. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, there, there there doesn't seem to be any consistency when it comes to uh, the you know the the after effects of what the core crystals look like after you have a blade eater. And I would argue that's because every the situation in which all blade eaters were born was different. I don't know what a Malthus's was, but I would imagine that a Malthus's was in a very controlled environment where there was nothing really at stake. Uh, with Zeke, he was on his deathbed and Pandoria was desperate to save him at all costs. And But his was had... also surgically done. Right. Um, uh, what else? Um, da, da, da. Rex was, and like, if we're arguing Rex, Rex was also dying and that also right, happened. but he was pretty I'm also going to say that in the, it's probably not too far fetched to say that Blade Eater isn't the only way to extend someone's life in this world. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know if it really makes sense to consider them one of the same because there are the differences there. Your interpretation is your interpretation, Justin. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm not. I, I literally have no ground to stand on to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm giving you a virtual it's, high five. Virtual especially high five. since, again, like I mentioned before, Pyra's power isn't even technically in that core crystal to begin with. So that core crystal that Rex has, it's not. That's not even where second is even coming from. Well, this uh, this might be. Inc- 
Probably. <laughs> but does does she uh does she draw her power from the conduit, perhaps, or? Yeah, because like the crystal kind of reminds me of the conduit for some reason. It, it's the same shape. Yeah, because what it is is it's a backup. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, when I think about it, I th- I'm surprised I've never noticed that earlier that the conduit and um, Pyro's core crystal were were basically the same so shape. So is Malos's. Malos's was mm-hmm. also that way too, yeah. right? Yeah, they they all three of them, all three of the Aegises have the same. Uh, shape core crystal and yes, yes, yes. the third because they showed that because even like the third one when it was gone it was like the same shape yeah, it's all the same shape so needless to say what we have to look forward to is uh when when alvis makes his triumphant return in xenoblade 3 will he have a core crystal the shape of the conduit <laughs> yeah that's that's always so weird to me because like while i well it's probably alvis i mean that's you, that, that's the only person it could be at this point. Really, it's the only explanation that makes well, sense. I mean, but what's weird, but what's weird about it is, and I guess the thing that kind of irks me about it is it's kind of them retroactively adding that in. I mean, they already did, yeah, in the definitive edition. Exactly, because that that core crystal that was a definitive edition thing. They added that in. Mm. He did not have that in the original version. Just Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Stop. Hold on. They added in a core crystal on. Well, not, not it's a like a necklace. Crystal, it's a necklace. It's a necklace. Yes. Oh my god! They soft confirmed it. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't notice that. That's amazing. Because yeah. in, in the original game, it was like it was just like a key. Yep. And you guys, you guys were the ones who pointed it out because I, yeah. I uh, played it on the 3DS and then I played the Defendive Edition. I'm like, his necklace, and you're like, yeah. In, in fact, like, added that in. one of the things that made Xenoblade 2 kind of crazy was because Xenoblade 1 did not have, from what I remember, the, the Wii version did not have any like Zohar like shapes in it. Nope. It wasn't. It wasn't until Xenoblade 2 when we saw the infamous Klaus cutscene that they panted a Zohar in that, and that's why a lot of us freaked the hell out because we're like, wait, what? And then when Definitive Edition came out and they showed Alvis, he had that. And that, again, that made people lose their minds again. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. That is that is how you tell a fucking story. I mean, it is, but at the same time, it's kind of like just like retroactively adding it in. I'm kind of like, oh, that, that's that's what you're going to do with this? Okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I still took it pure of heart. Like, oh, my God. I mean, I, I like it. I, I have big I like it. But at the same time, I'm kind of just like, well, yeah, you're just retroactively throwing that in there but that's just oh, it's called a retcon <laughs> it is absolutely a retcon <laughs> i want to jump back to flesh eaters real quick because i just noticed this on the document that we're working off of here spoilers we use uh let me pull the curtain back a little we uh we use a little document here to keep well, us they, on know. Subject. they know they know uh oh they know okay good yes. um so Petroka and akos like how do you think they became flesh eaters? Like, what do you think happened to them? Did they? I don't remember in the game them ever really going they over ate it. Some hearts. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's they cause, didn't go uh, over it. Yeah, because Akos. I mean, he's he he calls Petroka his sister, but apparently their drivers were were siblings, and that's why Akos refers to Petroka as his sister, but. They're, right. Yeah. That's but, kind of yeah. We only see one little snapshot of them, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's the extent of their. They were siblings, and they ate their those drivers somehow, but of course they didn't go into it. 
Yeah, they didn't go into why they had to become flesh eaters. See, I feel like that's a massive missed opportunity with both Petroka and Akos, especially Akos, because Akos is like a pretty like major character in the early to mid game. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but uh, yeah, then they, he didn't they, matter anymore. I, yeah, that that's what it feels like. Like both of those characters kind of just got tossed to the side at the end. Um. And get like what unceremoniously killed off by a Malthus, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yep. just just cleaning cle- cleaning up loose ends there, eh, Takahashi? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I mean, well, we got a little bit better with Mikhail. I mean, even though there's that gap where he goes through some some stuff <laughs> that we didn't get to see, but you could kind of piece together what happens since he. Was the only one that's kind of one of the few that survived the, the incident in experimentation. Yeah, yeah, and he became a refugee to Praetorium, and then he probably was experimented on after that. It's not a good time for that. And then after he became a flesh eater, uh, oh, sorry, after he became blade a blade eater, eater excuse yeah. me. Uh, uh, part of the process was he lost his British accent. Yes. Uh, that, yes. that that is that, that is the only explanation. Robin has consistently brought that up on the uh, 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 during my playthrough, and I've come to the con- that that that's the only conclusion I could come to logically <laughs> is that part of the experimentation caused uh, caused Mikhail to lose the British accent. I mean, don't most of the blaze aren't they like? I don't think any of the blaze have British accents. None of them do. All of the yeah. blades have. Like I'm, I'm kind of memeing with that answer, but I'm also kind of not. And, uh, like the, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? I kind of lost where I was going with that. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so the blades don't have accents. Only the humans do. But I think that once you become a blade eater, you start talking like a blade. If that makes any sense. Well, well, I was going to counter that, but since oh no, you can't. No, you're right. You can counter that because Zeke doesn't have Zeke still has his accent, and Gort still had his ac- accent, but he was like a failed blade ex- eater experiment. So, and then Nia also still has her accent, even though she's a blade. So it's unless her accent is fake. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nia's Nia's a flesh eater. She's not a. Oh wait, but she's yeah, also she's a blade. A, yeah, she's also a blade. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's interesting. But I think that might have been part of her disguise. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Dromark kind of has an accent. Sort of. Can we, can we call that an accent? Canceled. I don't know if I would call that an accent. Really. All right, all right. We're not going to call that an accent. Did they ever mention what would happen if? somebody tried to um eat two blades oh no like um no i don't think they ever did i think that there was a concern i think i think there would be a concern that if you try to become a flesh eater or a blade eater of more than one blade that it would overload you i mean realistically speaking i feel like that's what would happen um and that it wouldn't work or result in the death of the you know the subject well isn't 
isn't that basically what happens to Malthus at the end of Xenoblade 2? Yeah, I'm pretty he sure uses... he, like, he tries to take all of the blades, right? Like, he just starts, yeah. like, overloading mm-hmm. himself. Yeah, and he becomes just this horrific tentacle monster. Ah, uh, yes. Dies tentacle monster. Him. So, so basically, not enough people were crazy enough to try it. Yeah. <laughs> or the game just didn't tell us that. A Malthus was crazy enough to try it and he went well, he, overboard he also i had do a believe monopoly. the expression is oh, fucketh about and findeth out what are you saying b uh yeah he also had a monopoly on the blades so mm-hmm. you know he could try it he did try it no one else really could because he had them all uh, he, he didn't know where to, when to stop <clears throat> i always thought that was interesting how the indoline praetorium basically has that you know, so to speak, monopoly on blades that they they distribute the blades and send the blades where they want want them to go. I feel like they they just throw that detail out there, but they never really go into it all that much. And I feel like there would have been it would have been kind of cool to like as fleshed out as Xenoblade Two is or isn't, depending on your interpretation. Like I feel like that would have been a really cool system for them to like flesh out. Pun unintended that time. Well, I, I was okay with how little they talked about it because it just made it emphasize how much of a butthead Elmalthus was and how the Praetorium was corrupt as corrupt can be. All right. Did we get through all the stock? I think so. I think so. It's going to be a shorter it's... episode, but like, yeah, I, um, I, I, I feel like it was still an important conversation to have because again, like you guys said in the beginning, flesh eaters are flesh eaters and blade eaters. Like the game throws these terms at you really quick and it can be a little confusing. So just to reiterate flesh eaters, blades that eat people uh, and, you know, head down a, a, a an alternate branching life cycle based off of, you know, that action alone. Whereas blade eaters are people that, kind of bond with um, their blades in an unintended manner in that they now have their people drivers with core crystals in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Which I think we're going to see a little bit more about that in Xenoblade 3. I think we're going to see a lot more of both flesh eaters and blade eaters um, in Xenoblade 3. because Mostly because like Again, speculation, but Nia is seems seems to be one of the two leaders of these warring countries, and she is a blade eater, flesh eater. Excuse me, she is mm-hmm. a flesh eater. So we're going. I feel like we are going to see more of that, um, and maybe we'll get answers to some of the you know, the unanswered questions that we have from Xenoblade 2 and and all of this that they've clearly set up. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really wonder how they're going to bring all of that together. I don't... I just wonder how it's... how things are going to be different post-Xenoblade 2 with blades, drivers, blade eaters, flesh eaters... If yeah, if it's even the same, if it's even the same, there's a part of me that's kind of hoping it's not 
a con- continuation of Xenoblade 2, but does borrow a lot of those same concepts, mm-hmm. just makes a new world. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, think absolutely. that's what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of the, the Where I think they're going with it is, I think that what the plot of Xenoblade 3 is, is that it's a war that is resulting from the merging of the two worlds. That, you know, the the high the 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 Homs and the Hyantia believe that they were here first, uh, and then the Titans showed up with all their people, and it's a war resulting from that, or it could be vice versa. It could be that the Titans showed up and then and those people believe that they were here first. Um and then, you know, the Xenoblade One universe got pulled into uh Xenoblade 2's universe, and it, that that's really what it is. It could just be like a big territory war. But we don't know. It's entirely speculation on my part at this point. We but will that, next week. that could be just what they want me to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Yeah, next week. I mean, as of this recording, it, it, yes. it's going to be next week. Yay. Next week after, like, 50 hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Next week after after a minimum of 50, 50 hours of gameplay, maybe more. <laughs> and uh, if I don't get my copy by uh, the, the day it comes out from Nintendo, I'm going out by my own. I don't care. How funny would it be if the game was actually like 10 hours long? Oh my god. I would I cry. <laughs> Justin, I could feel the flames of Nintendo HQ burning down from here. (laughs) Like they pull some some nonsense where it's like, you gotta, so it's 10 hours long, but you gotta beat the game like five times to get the full story. (laughs) Oh, pull some near Automata crap. Yeah. Let's not, because I only beat that game once and I'm like, yeah, I'm done with it. I like that game. But this is about Xenoblade. Yes, this is about um, Xenoblade. This is about so, Xenoblade. So we're pretty much done here. I guess there was one thing I um, I think B, you mentioned in your notes. Um, it's a small thing, but yet how uh, I would say both Flesh Eaters and Blade Eaters have the ability to become drivers. That was Oh yeah, that's right. I did make that. Yeah, so it didn't matter if they were a Flesh Eater or, or a Blade Eater. They mm-hmm. could become a driver if they had that special something to yeah. allow them to be drivers. That's yeah. all. Alright. Uh, anybody have any else, uh, any departing words on Flesh Eaters and Blade Eaters? Nope. I just hope that this episode successfully like uh, helped educate people more on the concept of blade eater and flesh eater and didn't confuse anyone any further than they already were. (laughs) Well said. Well said. That can only be my hope, but if you're still confused, I understand. (laughs) Uh, If you are just check out the Xenoblade wiki. It's, it's, it's pretty clear. Thank you. Yeah. It's a fascinating concept that they introduced, and I really liked the societal stigma around flesh eaters and how it seems that flesh eaters, it's big time taboo, but there's a total double standard when it comes to blade eaters that, you know, it's that, that no one, you know, 
Blade Eaters, nobody bats an eye, but Flesh Eaters, everyone, you know, is actively afraid of and, and shuns. So I thought that that well, was I like... have I have a theory about that. Oh, yeah, go for it. Well, it's more like kind of like the savage dog kind of mentality where your your blade is kind of like your pet and your pet turned on its master. Mm. Mm. Right. I think so I see what everyone, you're saying. Yeah, so everyone fears it because it turned on its master. So that it's like, oh, it's savage. It's a beast. It's it's going to attack me next. That kind of mentality. Yeah, I get so what I would you're saying. Be, so I would be upset with someone who like took a bite out of their dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a that's a point well made, Tyler. But you make a very good point, B. Yeah. That's my two cents on that. I just thought the whole double standard was really interesting. Mm -hmm. It also kind of goes to further, like, demonstrate and illustrate how blades are not viewed as equals to drivers. And I always thought that that was kind of interesting that that's like a major I feel like that's a major uh you know talking point of what Torna the organization um seemed to be doing was is that like they were trying to to at one point didn't they say they were trying to like liberate blades from mm-hmm. from people mm-hmm. like yeah. I thought that was interesting because I, I low-key agree with Jin that you know, blades and people, society doesn't treat them as equals. And that they're, you know, blades are people. They they, they are fully sentient beings with, uh, with emotions and, complica- and complex thoughts. Like, you know, you even look at some, something like, or someone like Wolfric, who, you know, is outwardly a beast, but is very internally like a good person. Baby. So like they're complicated people. They, they they are people in every, you know, aspect of the world. Just because word, just because their their life cycles are different than ours doesn't mean that they're any less than us. And I thought that that was really interesting that there is like this societal, you know, humans get getting priority over blades and blades having to be subservient to people. And, and I, I thought it think- was like a really oh. interesting topic that I feel like kind of fell to the wayside. And to kind of add to that, it's kind of telling with how Amalthus just kind of flaunts like his, the the core crystal that he has embedded in him. Whereas like Zeke pretty much kind of hid his for a while until he like kind of gained the trust of his allies. So it, it felt, feels like Zeke is more, I don't know. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, like he's more understanding or um, sympathetic. That's it. Yes, thank you. Sympathetic to blades, whereas a mouth is just like flaunts his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I definitely see what you're saying. All right. Do we have any more to add to this? I think I'm um, no. I think I've said everything I, I I wanted to say on it. Um. I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to 
to have talked about all of this because it was one of the 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 things that was uh in Xenoblade 2 that fascinated me the most because of how dark it all was. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm good. I I I've I think I've said everything I wanted to say on on the matter, but um and I think this is a good topic to bring up too cuz I'm sure myself like many other players I was confused. I'm like, okay, what's a blade eater again? What's a flesh eater? They're throwing that word out again. I don't know what it means. Like I had to run through the game several times to fully understand and check the wiki like to understand what is a flesh eater? What is a blade eater? What's the difference? Why does it matter? Mhm. Mhm. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for and uh, also if you haven't, I can't stress this enough. If you haven't played Torna, play Torna. Do it. Mm-hmm. Play Torna. That is very important. If you're, if you're confused, play Torna. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining on this discussion. Um, I definitely think with this topic, it's good to be able to bounce ideas off of other people to kind of get it so everyone kind of has a understanding of what's going on with it. So thank you very much for joining on this episode. Um, All right. So I guess we'll um, wrap up and go around and do our usual stuff. So if there's uh, any, anything you're playing or doing, uh, please plug and share. I'll start with you, Justin. I really don't have much to talk about other than, yeah, I'm going to play Xenoblade 3 when it comes out. Hopefully Nintendo will ship my copy on time. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that, but that's a problem for future me next week. Uh, otherwise, I'm not doing a whole lot right now um, that's really worth talking about. It's kind of uh, slow, man. I know you were just streaming Soccer Wars. Are you going to be streaming any more of that? Yes, I do plan on playing more of that. You can catch the VODs for that. I did one massive 12-hour... I think it was almost... It was either 12 hours or almost 12-hour stream of that. It was a great stream. We had a ton of fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I did another stream that was much shorter. And I do plan on picking that game up again, along with Deadly Premonition. And I do have two other unannounced games that I want to stream on the channel. So stay tuned for that. Nice. Um, how about you, Anthony? Gonna be first. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, how about you, B? Sure. Um, I'm still taking my sweet time through Kirby. Um, I thought I was at the end of it when I spoiler alert went to the ice place, and then it's like, no, there's another island. I'm like, awesome. So I'm actually going back and just collecting all the waddledies because it's fun. Um, did come back from Anime North. Nice. That was kind of, um, kind of Southern Ontario's biggest convention, um, for, since the pandemic, but it was such a shit show and a half. It's not even funny. Oh, oh no. What happened? Uh, so they were checking vaccination stand, uh, passports and whatnot, and the like the when I got there on Friday, it was fine. I got through the crazy line within an hour, got my passport checked and badge, whatever. But after that, it was hours and hours in line. My brother who came, he spent four hours in line trying to get a badge. Mm. Um, and at that time they were closing the line down because they could not handle um all the people on it. It was hot. 
the weekend was also as bad. People were waiting like three, four hours just to pick up their con badge. They couldn't get into the vent. Uh, the venue parking was a nightmare. Um, they were kind of just, yeah, there was not enough staff. There was not enough security. There was apparently a huge fight on Sunday. Oh, wow. Um, it was a logistical nightmare. And I mean, I've been going to that convention for 10 plus years and I've never seen it so poorly run, so terrible, so, I don't know, hot and full of people that I don't, I don't know. It was, it was so bad. Bought some stuff, but, oh, it was just, I don't, it was, it was horrible, horrible. That's right. I'm noticing that these cons that have been happening, they're, they're having like their biggest turnouts, like. Anime NYC last year had like their biggest turnout. Um, Anthony and I were at too many games a few weeks back, and there was a ton of people over there. Oh, uh, yeah, I played MVP that day. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. And some of them, like they were saying, there was an article I just read um, saying that, you know, Anime North, the um, people who were running it were watching some of these other cons, and they, they weren't having great turnouts like lower so like okay they were predicting that they were going to have a lower turnout no they actually had to stop sales on two days because that many people showed up it was so bad and i i've seen paramedics there in the past but i want to say this is the first time i've seen actively like paramedics going running back and forth picking people up on stretchers wheeling them out into ambulance like it was terrible yikes but um i survived knock on wood don't have covid um bought some stuff and i want to just finish up kirby before next week so i can start my xeno marathon i can't wait for you to finish kirby so we can talk about it i am so close i am so close I'm, i think i'm at the last zone i'm in the fireplace yes you are in the That's, last level. okay Yep, yep. Um, I'm so glad that they brought uh, King DDD back. Well, he should be back in all of them, in my opinion. But anyway, yes, I will let you know ASAP when I finish it so we can just nerd out Kirby. I still love Water Balloon Kirby. Oh, my gosh. Okay, but like that new DDD, DDD theme, though, it slaps. Am I right? It's amazing. It it's is so, so good. good. As soon as he picked up that pillar, I'm like, oh, I'm doing yes. Like I'm, 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 I'm a, he's holding a baseball bat, and I'm a little ball, and I'm gonna get tossed around. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a lot of fun. That game is that game is a lot of fun. Cannot recommend that enough. Oh yeah, and we'll <laughs> save that for the Kirby podcast. <laughs> Kirby, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll pass it over to Anthony. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so uh, just recently I beat Turnip Boy Commits Tax Fraud. No, that's a real game. I'm not kidding. <laughs> that amazing. No, it is. Uh, uh, it's very short. I mean, I think I housed it in three hours. Um, and that was with me getting stuck trying to figure out what to do. Game is very funny. Has a it's it's very memey. Um, and uh, I think that. It's kind of funny that they took the whole concept of Yoshi commits tax fraud and then basically <laughs> made a game, made, made like made it into a game. Like the game itself is is a homage to a to a meme. And I, um, I bought it strictly for like 
that reason alone. And I had a lot of fun with it. It's a, it's a fun little game. It plays well. And, um, uh, I would just say like, you know, because of how short it, I'm not normally one to say like, because like a game's length shouldn't denote its price, but like, that's one where I would say like, you know, wait for a sale on it, but even still, it is a lot of fun and I still recommend it. I've also played this game called last day of June. Uh, the music was done. It, well, the game was inspired by a music video um, oh. by an artist I really like called Stephen Wilson. And um, his uh, he actually was reached out to uh, to let them know that, you know, they want to do a video, uh, make a video game based on his uh, on his music video. And uh, he said, I'll score the I'll score the game soundtrack for you. So the game soundtrack is actually like instrumental versions of like existing songs of his. It's really well done. Uh, uh, it's re actually really well done. And the game is dark and it's haunting and it's sad and it's beautiful. And it's, it's a really interesting experience. Again, very short. You could probably knock it out in three to four hours. Uh, on your first playthrough, but totally would recommend, uh, it's, um, it's, uh, I don't want to say too much about it. Cause I feel like it's something that people should go into blind, but yeah, fun game. Um, and, uh, like everyone else, I am sitting here waiting for Xenoblade three. I mean, Oh no, I've been waiting so long for this game. <laughs> after completing Xenoblade 2 earlier this year. <laughs> I know, I must sound like such a jerk. Um no. like 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 implying that like I I, I literally just got into this series and I'm I'm being spoiled because I don't have to wait for shit. <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm very excited for the third game and it, it's actually really exciting for me because like the second game is still really fresh in my mind and Torna is still mm -hmm. really fresh in my mind. Uh, Future Connected was actually the last thing I did in the Xenoblade franchise. So I am going like right into Xenoblade 3, like with all of this, like, you know, right there. I'm not going to have to like do any like recollecting or I don't have to, you know, watch any like, you know, reminder compilations or anything like that. It's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. Um, and I, I do feel a little spoiled by the fact that I don't have to wait very long. Oh, uh, since the last episode of Zeno Chat, that reminds me. Um, have we already like like announced that basically all of us who wanted the special edition got it? I don't think we have. But we did just We got now. it. But yeah. we did. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, when they... It was another, it was looking like it was going to be another total shit show for a few hours there. Oh, it was um, for a few hours. And it was, it was mm -hmm. like, it started off like, like deja vu. I felt like I was, <laughs> I felt like it was, it was, uh, what was it? Uh, June 8th all over again. Mm -hmm. But, um, we all got through, uh, my friend was actually able to secure a few extra copies for people who, uh, wanted them all at msrp of course uh but yeah we just wanted to make sure that everyone in the community in our immediate community who wanted one could get one and we were able to successfully achieve that goal so 
we're all they really happy my credit about card that. it's official it was on my credit card statement <laughs> of course <laughs> and then you get an email with wario in it going you want xenoblade 3 too bad wario time <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm so excited for it um but yeah that's that's basically what i've been doing and uh i'm, I'm really excited to uh to play Xenoblade through three i will be streaming it on retro roulette i don't expect anyone to watch no one but i figured you that... give me the link i'll watch it okay i mean i just as long as you don't care about spoilers oh i love spoilers all right well then i'll uh i'll send you the link and i'll have it'll, it'll be me and b experiencing xenoblade 3 together that's right i'll put a link in the uh notes just in case anyone else wants to check it out sounds good to me thanks jen you're welcome um as for me um i've just been uh playing ai the somnium files nirvana initiative which has been really good i wasn't certain at first because it they made a lot of, I don't know, maybe too many throwbacks to the first game at first. But now that I, I, the mystery keeps developing, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot, a lot more than I was. So it's 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 been good. It's been what's I'm I'm trying to beat it before I uh, Xenoblade three next week. But we'll we'll see if I succeed. Um, but that's that's all I'm up to really. Um, besides, you know, waiting for Xenoblade 3 like everyone else. Yeah, yeah, and I hate it because there are so many games coming out in just these next couple weeks. Right? Is Live it- Alive is this weekend. Right? Next week you got Xenoblade and Digimon Survive. Oof. And then Stray just came out today. It's, it's bad. And then the Klonoa Collection just came out and I've been playing that. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So this is not related to anything, but Bayonetta 3 in October. And that's coming in October. The and then there's a trailer for Trails from Zero today. Pokemon. Pokemon later on the year. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. but, uh, like for me, I, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak dropped, and I haven't been able to touch it because I've been drowning in other games. And that's that's arguably that. I was like really excited for this year. Mm. So I feel you there. Like I also really do want to try live alive because you have even like, <laughs> well before, well before the mm-hmm. thing was was a twinkle in in Square Enix's eye. You were telling me about that game and how amazing it is. So I love the demo. So I I definitely want to pick it up. Yeah, it's a really really cool game, and I'm so glad that people are going to be able to play it because there's really nothing else quite like it out there all right um let's see uh so as far as our episodes go we just released our uh unearthed xenosaga villains episode um so that should be the one that came out just before this episode um as for the future i know we have some ideas um, but one of which is our uh, four-year anniversary is coming up in August. August, started the 28th or 29th. Um, but that will be our four-year anniversary, and we're planning on having another quiz game episode. So See if that's... I can be dethroned. 
<laughs> yes. But yeah, it should be fun. The last quiz episode was really, really fun. So we'll have some returning people along as some new challengers. So watch out for that at the end of August. All right. And that'll be good. another another year of Xenochat. Yeah. It's an honor to be here, by the way. I really um I really you love know. being able to talk about these games with people. It's a lot of well, fun. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm happy that I'm happy this podcast is here. Especially like you guys get me if if I go, you know, in my own life, talk to my other buddies. Hey, have you heard of Xenoblade? They're like, oh, what? I'm like, you guys <laughs> suck. So it's great to have um, this community to share my nerdum with. Well, thanks guys for joining us. You know, it's... Tyler, you mentioned the uh, <clears throat> the unearthed Zeno Saga villains episode. And uh, I was there for that. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Yeah, I was, you were. I, an yeah, I was listening. I was, I was like listening to it being recorded live because it was before we had Zencaster. And I was there when Justin said, <laughs> oh no, my audio. <laughs> I wasn't going to call out Justin. Three, and we spent like three hours trying to help him get it back. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, but both those episodes should have been recovered. Yes. Yep, they've been All, recovered. Yep. All the villain episodes are available, so listeners, check them out if you'd like. Um, but yeah, um, thanks for everyone for joining us with this discussion tonight, and thanks for everyone listening, and have a good night. Good night. the game thank Fancy. you betsy my wife just brought me dinner okay <laughs> and now it's an asmr story <sighs> what was i gonna say i had something to say and i completely forgot it i got distracted by anthony's munching <laughs> i'm not sorry this is delicious <laughs> i'll turn my i'll turn my mic off when while i'm eating Thank you. I appreciate that. That'll, that'll help me a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what I was going to say. So, uh, hi, everybody. Hi, hi Nick. We will be, be able to dethrone. De- de- we'll be, be able to be dethroned. Sorry. That was really hard for me to say. Um, okay. Good job. Bye bye, everybody.